going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast, brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, it's Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here. This is our final, our final NFL draft podcast that we can really hammer some of the details. This is a preview, our week of preview show. After this, it's gonna be review. Aiden, are you excited and as pumped up as I am about it? Oh, this is. I mean. We've talked about this before, I think, on the pod, but after this, it's we've really hit a lull in the NFL offseason. Like we've got we've had free agency going on. We had the NFL. We now have the NFL draft, but we're about to hit about a two to three month window of just nothing happening in football. And so I am really relishing this week. Well, you're not getting fired up for OTAs and all these stars (laughs) that are going to come out of OTA practices. Yeah, that's the time of this time of the year where every player on the roster is just going to be the next Tom Brady or like they're all going to be pro bowlers and we're never yeah. going to lose a game. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like when guys like TJ Vasher and them shine and you know and then, so and now TJ Vasher is in EXFL. I think he's tearing it up, but um yeah, he's definitely not a cowboy but the, you know, <laughs> we don't got to dwell on it last year, but I remember the catches TJ Vasher was making in training camp and everybody's like this guy's a lock. This guy's going to make the team. I think we talked about it like what on a very early podcast we had was like maybe TJ Vasher he might be the wide receiver 3 as or 4. We were talking about him like he was almost guaranteed to be a starter just because of how insane that training camp was right and then you know after all that the dennis houston noise was real because he ended up starting week one and then that man dropped off the face of the earth so i mean and the name that i I, there's still believers at blogging the boys i know but i saw an article that it was i don't know who wrote it but it was can semi hoko fill the noah brown role and i just i'm we're still not giving up hope on the Simi Fajoko experiment, huh? You know, I'm, I know there are people bullish on Simi Fajoko. I think, I, you know, shout out to Hellman. I think me and Hellman went back and forth on it because I wrote about Antonio Callaway and I think he was trying to up and, you know, up Simi Fajoko, which is fine. Like he has traits, he has measurables, but like, like, Simi Vahoko is like this mystical creature at this point. We're like, <laughs> is he going to do anything? So, you know, not to get too far off from the draft coverage, I wanted to ask you a question because off air or off, you know, recording, me and you were talking about how, you know, not to put you on blast, we're both kind of casual hockey fans, right? Like yeah. you're a Stars fan right now. I'm a Bruins fan right now. Not much in the regular season. So I wanted to tie it into the draft. The, the second night of the draft will be April 28th on Friday. And right now it looks like projected the Dallas Stars might be able to play Friday night. Are you going to have two TVs going? Or if you had to pick one, which one are you going to be tuned into? I ooh, That's a tough question. I'm likely... No, I'm not. Because I... A little glimpse into my life. I'm recently out of college, so I'm still living with roommates. And so I can only commandeer one TV at a time. Like we do have multiple TVs out there in mm-hmm. our living room, but only I I can only really claim lay claim to one, and so I gonna have to be intentional, and it's definitely gonna be the NFL draft. I love yeah. like I if I'm doing nothing, I'll flip on the Stars playoff game. I'm monitoring the score right now. We're up two zero, so hopefully when you're listening to this, the Stars are have even the series. But there's like even playoff hockey doesn't come close to touching the NFL draft. You know, I totally believe that. And I agree. Like, I mean, I live in the Northeast where hockey is a big, big deal, you know, and the Bruins are 
the best team in, in hockey. So it's, it's tough yeah. for me to say that I'm a super casual fan, but I'm not going to lie to people and act like I've been like, you know, h- h- biting my nails about it. Like I'm going to watch the draft. I'm going to watch it comfortably. And to be honest with you, this is just who I am. I watched like early season Red Sox baseball over the Bruins playoff games too. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but I bring it all together to say like football is supreme, like the NFL draft, the NFL does a lot of things that we may not agree with, but what they do do well is market their sport because they have this, like this aura, the shine, this like, you know, mystique about the draft and like Thursday, Friday is truly like must watch TV. If you're a big football fan, like we are. Yeah. The only other sport where it comes close is um, the NBA basketball. Like that draft is, okay but it's honestly just watchable because of how closely it mimics the nfl draft so it's nothing super special like nobody watches the mlb draft no i i don't know of anybody who watches the nhl draft i'm sure if you're a diehard hockey fan you do but i (laughs) like the nfl draft and just like everything else the nfl does it's just they have found a way to make every single side piece of the sport entertaining like i will be religiously watching the preseason games as well yeah you know and how much i love the first round of the draft it always has me like man we can't just roll into round two right now you know what i mean i have to wait till tomorrow night and go through the whole day again you know before i can watch second or third round so i mean that's a sign of a good product or maybe i'm just the sign of a person who has a who needs some help in, a, in another hobby but that's another conversation for another day <laughs> uh, fun yeah go fun ahead. fact the First time I watched the draft, this is when I was a kid. I was, I don't know, probably seven or eight. I didn't really understand how the NFL draft worked. I, I just knew that the Cowboys got a new batch of players every year. So the first year I watched the draft, I thought it was all seven rounds in one night. So I saw like the NFL's drafts at 7 p.m. And we're like at 930 and we're still in the first round. I'm like, this is going to, I'm going to be up all night. And so <laughs> it took me a long, it took me, they had to turn off the TV broadcast before I realized that rounds two through everything else was going to be the next the next couple days <laughs> that's funny man it, you know it kind of reminded me it's totally different but in the same vein like my dad used to tell me like oh if i want to watch monday night football because back in the day i think it was at like 8 45 or 9 o'clock at night eastern time my dad'd be like you'd have to take a nap if you want to watch monday night football so i'd lay there and pretend to sleep for like an hour and then i'd be exhausted for school the next day so you know the things i've done and we've done as kids for football it, it doesn't change even though i'm older now Kind of similar story. So my parents used to be, when I was in elementary school, used to be very strict about my bedtime. And so even on Cowboys games, they'd make me go to sleep. No, And so I would lose my mind. But the thing was, is my dad used to go outside and watch TV. And my bedroom is kind of, was kind of above the outside area. So what I'd do is open my window and I could hear the Cowboys game going for like playing outside. So I just lay there uh, and just listen to the audio. And <laughs> so that's how I consumed Cowboys content. Listen, anywhere you can get it, right? I mean, that's what a yeah. true fan can do. So, you know, speaking of the Cowboys and, and tying it back into the NFL draft, because it is the week of it. I'm going to say that a few more times. But um, the first topic we want to talk about was some of the noise and the rumblings of people that have been either mentioned via mocks or some of the noises we've heard. Because last year, you know, guys like Mel Kuyper and some of these national guys were dialed in on what the Cowboys are going to do. I mean, they said Tyler Smith and guess what happened? So, you know, as we look forward here, the first topic we're going to talk about is Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame, seems to be you know, if not the consensus, because I don't know if that's the right word, 
but seems to be the trending topic, so to speak, right now. Um, how do you feel about it? You know how I feel about running back tight end. It's not my favorite thing, but I'm interested to see how you feel about Michael Meyer as the possible pick. I see when I see Michael Mayer drafted to the Cowboys, I don't really I'm I'm torn a little bit. I don't know whether it's these like these are respected draft analysts. I mean, we're talking about like the Dane Bruglers, Mel Kuypers of the world, like people that we do trust what they have, to, like what they're hearing from the draft. So I'm I'm torn. Is it more of like, do they see tight end as a need for the Cowboys, which a lot of the outside public obviously sees tight end as a need for us because they didn't get to watch a lot of Hendershot and Ferguson and just assume that because we lost Schultz tight ends is a need. And so I'm, I don't know if it's coming out of a, Oh, tight end is a big need for the Cowboys, which I don't really think that's the case. Or is it these people are plugged in and they're hearing that Jerry wants to take a tight end, which very well could be the case. So I, I hope it's the former and the Cowboys are, they're not I hope they're not dead set on taking a tight end because I don't really think it's a need. I don't either. Um, you know how I feel about it. Like I'm okay yeah. with the tight end. I truly am. Like I'm totally fine with it. But at the same time, like I, I just don't know if it's if it's needed. Like if it's the best player available and I, I, I believe in Jake Ferguson, right? I believe in I do too. I believe in Peyton Hendershot and I believe you know, they got Peyton Hendershot as an undrafted free agent. Now, I'm not saying you're going to hit that on that every year, but they found ways. I mean, Jake Ferguson was a third round tight end and Hendershot was undrafted guy. And so wasn't Sean McCune. So, you know, Michael Mayer, I know I was calling him Meyer earlier, but Michael Mayer is the guy that, you know, yeah, he would help. I think he is a good pick, but like, is it something you need to do in the first round? Cause I don't think the Cowboys need to like overextend themselves in this first round. And speaking of Dane Brugler, I have his beast, the beast up, which is his draft board and his, his, his uh, profiles that he does every year. If you get a chance to go check that out, Dane is, um, he does awesome work. I'm kind of just looking at some of the things he, you know, he had to say about, you know, Michael Mayer, see if I can pull it up. Um, he has him as his number one tight end. You know what I mean? So that, that tells yeah. you know that tells you a lot about him and it's just what he he is about. So um, you know, Michael Mayer, six foot six foot four, two hundred and forty nine pounds. You know, the kid was a he played basketball, baseball, just like a all around athlete. I mean, obviously he would help the team, but I mean, are you sold on it at twenty six? Like, I mean, I is this something that like, okay, if this happens, like you're gonna just be fine with it, let's roll with it, or would you be upset if this is the pick? No, I'd be actively upset. There's three positions that I would be upset with at 26, and that's running back, tight end, and I think edge defenders creeping into that group of I really don't want us to see, don't want to see us take an edge defender slash outside linebacker at 26. And so Michael Mayer would be a pick that I would be actually mad at. And this is not like I don't have, I'm not saying the Cowboys need to place 100% of their faith in the Hendershot or Ferguson, but we saw enough last season for us to have at least, like, I have faith that Ferguson should be the starting tight end next year. He showed us he showed us enough that, yeah, he's really good, especially his yards after catch ability to me was very impressive last season. And so let's roll with Ferguson as a starting tight end. You can address it later in the draft. Like, if the, we take a tight end in the third, fourth, fifth round, I wouldn't be upset whatsoever with that pick. It would just be why we, we don't need to use first round capital on it because I do think the starting tight end is on the roster. And I really want to see what we have out of those two young tight ends. So let me let me present this final thought of what Dane Brugler summed up Michael Mayer with here and see if it changes your mind at all. 
He says, overall, Mayer needs to become more consistent with his blocking technique and execution, but his controlled athleticism, play strength through contact, and stellar intangibles raise his floor as a prospect. He projects as a traditional wide tight end with immediate NFL starting talent. I don't doubt I don't doubt the talent of Michael Mayer at all. I mean, I do think he's gonna I'm I understand first round tight ends haven't really worked out and we keep going this well of uh oh well maybe this next tight maybe this year's first round tight end is gonna work out. I so I like I do think Michael Mayer's the guy and I do think he's gonna be an excellent talent. I just don't think it's a big enough need for the Cowboys. With that said, I mean if we added we can also lump Dalton Kincaid in this conversation. If we took Mayor Kincaid, they would, I mean, they'd obviously be starting tight end from day one. They would make an impact. And so, I mean, it, it, like, it's it's not like we're lighting a pick on fire here. It's just why, why take a position that, in my opinion, you have the starter on the roster already. Now, I want to ask you this question. You could be brutally honest with me. Am I hypocritical for being very vocal about the fact that the Cowboys have done enough to present best player available approach? Like everything they've done in this offseason, I've been very open about saying, like, listen, they come into this with very few needs, any needs at all. I think the only thing glaring you would think about is the left guard spot. So if they go out there and if I feel upset about a tight end in the first round, am I kind of contradicting myself? No, I don't think so because it's more of a, and correct me if I'm wrong. You like you've been on record like you want to see Hendershot and Ferguson develop, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's it's just that difference of if you take like here's the thing. It's different than if the Cowboys take a running back. You know, if the Cowboys take a running back, I mean, they're it means they're not going to resign Tony Pollard. But it's not like you're inhibiting anybody's development. If they take a tight end, we're I, at that point. I'd almost be like in on shopping Ferguson or Hendershot to shop one of the two, because they're not going to get the playing time that they need to really develop. And so I, they probably showed enough on the field for you to get a third, fourth round pick out of them. And so maybe you shop them because at that point, I just think it's, it would hurt. It would hurt me as a, as a guy who's invested in those two. And I'm sure it's the same way for you. So I don't think it's hypocritical at all. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I'll ask you this question. You can tell me just yes or no before I go here. Are you okay with a third round or later tight end? Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Because that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I, I want to see what Jake Ferguson looks like as tight end one. Now, if you want to draft a guy in the third round, a guy in the fourth round to be tight end two or duke it out with Hendershot for tight end two, I'm okay with that. Like, it, like I, but I also understand that if Jake Ferguson isn't the guy, there's this guy, Brock Bowers, next year coming out of Georgia. That's going to be, I mean, they throw the word generational around, and this kid's a generational talent. So I think I'd, the Cowboys would be, need to be in the top 10 for Bowers. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a Kyle Pitts type situation. I totally agree. I totally agree. But like, that's a guy that like I'm throwing everything out the board, you know, for, and I'm, and I would get him in a, in a heartbeat. But, you know, this tight end, I mean, however you feel about it. I think you're right in the sense that like I wouldn't be hypocritical if I was upset about it because I feel like there are other things that could help more immediately. Um, like I said, guard. I mean, you can always add another pass rusher because that's always fun. Um, you know, maybe a, a ball catcher, a wide receiver like that in the sense or or even a cornerback. But, um, you know, tight end to me, I like Jake Ferguson. I like his prospects. I want to see where that goes. I would like to see one in the middle rounds, but I just am so like iffy about the first round tight end look. 
And another reason that you can be iffy, like a Cowboys fan should be reasonably concerned for taking a first round tight end is the fact that going into 2023, the Cowboys are legitimate contenders. Like w- the ball bounces a couple, like maybe some, maybe Tony Pollard doesn't get injured in that San Francisco game. The Cowboys beat the Eagles once in the regulars. They could, they were Super Bowl contenders last year. And I know it didn't work out. The Cowboys obviously once again failed to make it to the NFC Championship. But I stand by the fact that the Cowboys were legitimate Super Bowl contenders last year. So pick a position that is going to put you up over that, get you over that hump in 2023. And tight ends really take time to develop, especially like we've seen first round tight ends take two, three years to develop. And so that's that would be my thing is adding a at snagging a position where you're you're going to need to wait for them to evolve into their own. I don't like that for a contending team. Yeah, I think that's a that's a completely valid point. But, you know, to the to opposite of that, something that may be equally or even more angry is our second topic. And it's inspired by Peter Schrager's mock draft. Now, there's anger about drafting a tight end that you think may have to develop running back. We know is, you know, come in, you can hit the ground running, but how do you feel about Jameer Gibbs and the possibility of taking him at 26 like Peter Schrager did? Now, me and you are very much in the camp of we don't really need a running back much like we feel about tight end, especially running back number two. If we're not talking Bijan Robinson, I don't know if I want to talk about, you know, running back at 26, but that seems to be in the Michael Mayer conversation where a running back may be possible, and that's something we might just have to learn to accept. See, like, yeah, we've been on record. I'm UT fan. I don't want the Cowboys touching Bijan. I think it's a waste of first round capital. With that said, I mean, yeah, I'd I'd buy a Bijan. We talked about this last week. I'd buy a Bijan jersey and I'd watch him rip off a 70 yard, take a 70 yard screen pass to the house like rookie year Zeke used to do. Mm-hmm. But Jameer Gibbs, that like what what my point is like I could at least get ease into the Bijan pick. The Jameer Gibbs pick to me would be that that's the worst possible scenario for the Cowboys on draft night because Jameer Gibbs we're Yeah, you mentioned it. We're talking about the running back two, and he's not even my running back two. my running back two is Zach Charbonnet. So okay. like at that point, you'd be taking Jameer. You'd be taking the running back three with the 26 overall pick when you can wait. I running back the exact same position as tight end. I want the Cowboys. I definitely want the Cowboys to draft a running back, but I want that to come in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And I've been on record by saying I Roshan Johnson to me is the pick. So, you know, let me present this. We were talking about Dane Brugler and his beast, his draft profiles. He does. I want to touch on this. We talked about a little bit of Michael Mayer's strengths. Let me express to you some of the, to the weaknesses that he has wrote about Jameer Gibbs. And then maybe this will make your stomach turn about the thought of him at 26 as well. So a one-year starter, let's see, a one-year starter Alabama, which I think maybe actually be a positive, right? He's got less yeah. wear and tear on him. But the weakness is lean lower body and lacks the desire build or growth potential for the position. Average run strength, the momentum can be slowed through contact. Fearless and pass pro, but doesn't have the sand in his pants to, to anchor versus full speed blitzers. Now, mind you, the fact that he's also 5'9", 199 pounds. So, I mean, compared to like Ezekiel Elliott and some of these backs we had before, that's a small guy. I did see his comparison, NFL comparison with Alvin Kamara. If he's Alvin Kamara, that's a different conversation. But the comparison, how often does that actually pan out? After hearing those weaknesses, I mean, that's got to make you feel even worse. Well, my thing is, is I don't like the Alvin Kamara comp just because out what 
One thing that does make Alvin Kamara so good is the fact that he's big enough to shed tackles, and that's part of what makes him difficult to bring to the ground. So, yeah, you're right. right. Jameer Gibbs, to me, he's like just if we want to wrap up like my evaluation on Jameer Gibbs, he's a excellent receiving back. He can really make def- he can make defenders miss in the open field. At- the catch is insane. But like you mentioned, very small. And I don't think he's as good of a between the two. He's because of that size issue. He's not great between the tackles. Now he's not horrible. But to me, all those things I just mentioned, you could apply. That's copy and paste Tony Pollard. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is literally Tony Pollard, just smaller. And Tony Pollard was the small running back for years because he was, I mean, I get it. Ezekiel, it's a big guy. Tony Pollard's still a small running back, and I think he's 10 to 20 pounds heavier than Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I mean, he's a sub-200-pound running back with one of the toughest positions in football, and he's not even 5'10". You know, he's 5'9". That's a small guy. Now, you know, and the problem with drafting running back early to me is if the Cowboys are going to go this route, they need to bring a guy who can be the replacement for Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Jameer Gibbs may have a role. I think he's a talented guy that you could use in, in ways to get creative. The Cowboys like to stuff it down your throat. You know what I mean? And Jameer Gibbs is not the guy to stuff it down your throat. Like he, he may be able to play on the edge. He may be able to play in the in the passing game. But like for the first pick, I would prefer a tight end over a running back. Like, and that's and, and I don't love either one of those situations. So if it's not Bijan Robinson, please, dear God, don't let it be Jameer Gibbs. And that's nothing against him. If he's there in the second round, I'd have a serious conversation about it, but I just don't know if he'll take that. Yeah, I mean. My thing is, I just don't think Jameer Gibbs, like I mentioned, is a good fit because because of how similar he is to Tony Pollard, he's, in my opinion, he's going to contribute very little. He would contribute very little this season. And even if Pollard was released, like you mentioned, he's not, he's not a three down back. Even in the second, so even in the second round, like if Zach Charbonnet is on the board, I'd I'd kick the can on Zach Charbonnet potentially. But Jameer Gibbs, no, I completely out on Jameer Gibbs in the first round. I'm only half kidding when I say I almost think a kicker would be a better investment in the first round than Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> so I was, uh, we talked, uh, we briefly talked off air about how I did um with Brandon Laurie, the mock draft um, that we put together for blogging the boys. It's on the YouTube channel. If you guys want to check it out. Um, but I ended up taking Jake Moody and I took him in okay. the seventh round. So, 
you know, when me and Brandon were kind of hashing it out, it's it, the only reason why I'm bringing this up because you just mentioned kicker and it kind of spurred in my mind. But um, I was looking at, you know, should I get a special teams linebacker in the seventh round or should I get a kicker? And I'm like, well, a kicker is a starter and a kicker can win or lose you a football game and has much more of an impact than a than an, a linebacker who's going to, you know, be a gunner or something or, you know, a protector. So um Kickers are people too, and kickers matter, and they and they seriously matter when you're playing in Tampa and you can't hit one. How many fifth round picks do we have? Is it two or three? I th- or is it great question? I know we have one? seven draft picks. So okay, yeah. Let me because I know last year we had well, it was like five fifth yeah. round picks or something like that. Let me just pull it up. up. Yeah, yeah. We stall here. <laughs> Sorry, my. No, because last year, my argument, my big argument was I wanted the Cowboys to take t- kicker with uh, um, their late round picks just because like I was big on Dicker last year. But my thing is, is you're you're not going to hit on the like more often than not. That's those picks are going to be a complete whiff. And if even a fifth round pit, just making it to the 53 man roster is a miracle enough. So like you mentioned, why not take a kicker? Why not take a guy that at the very minimum is going to be competing in camp for that start. Like, I just don't understand this. Like let's keep swinging for the fences when we like this. Who's the last decent fifth round pick fifth the seventh round pick we we've had. Like, isn't it this year with uh Jerome Bland? Yeah. Okay. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. No, you, you might've got point. me there, but well, yeah, I get like, your even, point though. Yeah. Even like we're talking about like, the late round stars that the Cowboys have drafted. I mean, we're talking about Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, both fourth round picks, unless I'm mistaken. No, you're right. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can hit on like fourth round is iffy. Fifth round, you rarely hit on them. So let me see. We have. Okay. So we have a fifth, a sixth and a seventh round pick. I'm not exaggerating. If the Cowboys walked out of that fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, having selected three kickers, I'd be completely comfortable with that. <laughs> like yeah, just so get guys that can get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> one of them will work. You know, it's funny because I, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know there was a debate or a conversation about when the last time the Cowboys drafted a kicker. I don't know, but I know it's been a while. Um, I wonder if, you know, because the league knows this too, like Evan McPherson from, you know, Cincinnati guys, there's difference maker kickers being drafted. I don't know if we can get Moody in the seventh. He just happened to be yeah. there in this mock. So if he goes in the sixth, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, early sixth or late fifth. Who knows? But, you know, the, the point being, you know, there's value, right? And and then you put value on this team and how they can and roster construct. And, and look at our conversation. We went from a first-round running back to the value of a kicker. So it, it's just really interesting to see what and how this team is going to put it together. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. I've now moved on to looking at Cowboys fifth round picks. I mean, there's there there are some contributors here, like Jerron Bland. Yeah, they have historical contributors, some quarterbacks, but like it's nobody that just please take a kicker with, like take a kicker. Well, so let's see if I can find that because I'm pretty sure RJ just literally put that up not too long ago. Like, I gotta see if I can find his tweet. Like the best fifth round pick. Probably of the last, I don't know, at least twenty five years is Orlando Scandrick. Yeah, here we go, right here. So yeah, our, this is RJ's tweet. So shout out to RJ when he listens to this. Um, 
2022 was Matt Willetsko, Deron Bland, Damone Clark, and John Ridgeway. 2021 was Simi Fajoko. 2020 was Bradley and I. 2019 was Michael Jackson and Joe Jackson. 2018 was Mike White. They didn't have one in 17 or 16. 15 was Ryan Russell. 14 was Devin Street. 13 was Joseph Randall. So, you know, not, you know, like you said, not a very shining group of guys. Yeah. Maybe some contributors, you know, but nothing crazy. Yeah. So, like, if I gave, if I told you to close your eyes and randomly select one of those players at random, well, I mean, with the off chance you select Deron Bland, or just take, or I could guarantee you a starting kicker, like, to me, that's an easy choice. I'd rather go yeah. with just take draft the starting kicker. It's a it's it's a valuable conversation. I think it's I think it's legitimate. I mean, I think you may get some eyebrow raising, but ultimately, if your kicker is ice cold and in the elements or in a playoff game or anything like that, you just get a guy who is worth X amount of points every game, who's not giving games away and makes a deep impact. Unlike a lot of these names on this list here. I mean, throw. Let's I, I understand that like it's a very drastic example, but considering that all kickers you if you take a kicker in the fifth round in nearly every year, there's a very like very, very, very high chance that's the first kicker off the board. So if you yeah, so fifth round kicker is almost always gonna be the first kicker off the board. If the Cowboys said like if they had done that for the last 20 years, like you're getting guys like I mean, what 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 kind of pick would Justin Tucker be worth nowadays if you throw oh, him in man. the NFL draft? I'd say he'd probably be a first round pick. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, what, but like yeah. he's automatic. I mean, I, even yeah. when he's not automatic, he's 92 to 95%. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. And, and he's so why from not? 50 yeah. plus easy. Now you're, yeah, there's like almost a hundred percent chance not going to be a Justin Tucker in this draft, nor will, nor might we ever see Justin Tucker again. But if you can guarantee me the best kicker off the board, at least in the scout size, please do it. I, I mean, it's it's tough to it's tough to uh, to disagree with the logic. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where something crazy happens, but like it's worth having a conversation about, it, and that's why we just did. But another kind of thing I want to change gears a little bit. We we had talked about um you know wide receiver. I mean, excuse me. We talked about tight end, running back. We talked about a kicker, and I was kind of looking at some trends for some articles I was doing a blog on the boys. This hasn't um, been scheduled yet, but it'll come out soon. Um. I think personally, my theory is this is going to be a really offensive heavy draft. I took, we just said it a second ago that um, we have seven draft picks and I was looking over the last two years, we have 20 draft picks in 21 and 22. So 20 draft picks, 13 of them were defensive guys. Seven were offensive guys. So with that being said, that was to help Dan Quinn get that wiped the stink of Mike Nolan and his system <laughs> off right now. Dan yep. Quinn's system is going into year three. They have a, a core and a nucleus of guys. They feel good that they can build around a, a play style, um, a, a physique style that they like with Mike McCarthy taking over the reins for Kellen Moore. I think this is his chance to get his crop of guys in to run what he wants to be in this offense. Now, I don't think this offense will be too different. I think that some, a lot of the verbiage is going to be the same. A lot of the principles, the same, but it's Mike McCarthy's guys. He's going to cook it. So he's going to want his ingredients. Do you see it like I do and think this is going to be an offensive heavy draft? Yep. I think, you know, that, and I think the key is the Mike McCarthy taking over for Kellen Moore, because what we now know of it, this is going to be a very, very, very important season for McCarthy, where if he doesn't succeed, if the offense comes out, if the offense looks flat, 
or if the Cowboys, I mean, if the Cowboys are actively losing games because their offense is falling short, McCarthy will be fired. And I, that's not really a question to me. Like he has pushed his chips in on this season, specifically on the offense being good now with Kel Moore leaving. And so if he has any say in the draft process, I know he's going to be loading up on offense. And also, I mean, we, we talked about this throughout the draft, like throughout this episode, I think they're likely going to draft at least one tight end, one running back. I hope they draft a receiver and they're going to draft some offensive lineman. I mean, that's four picks out of the seven already just off yeah. need alone. I think they should kick the can on taking a shot on a backup quarterback in the later rounds. So like, yeah, I don't think you're going to see that many defense picks this year. Let me ask you this then. So just for pure speculation over under four and a half offensive guys drafted. I'll take, I'll take the, I'll take the under, Mo, not because like I think if we left the draft with seven offensive players, I'd sorry six and a kicker, I'd be happy with that. But I, I the last two years have made me like I still don't know like does this squad just now love drafting defensive players because they've really done it heavy the last two years and so yeah I don't know yeah I'd probably take the under but I put it like four. I think like I said I think. I don't know, you know, I, this is my stance on it is that, yes, like Dan Quinn, you've got your drafts. You've got your guys. We'll see if we can get you one or two, but let us build around this offense, right? We got our quarterback that we pay top 10 money to. Um, you know, we got to replenish some of these, you know, resources that we have here because contracts are coming up and guys are going to get paid here and it's going to shrink the pot of money for some of these guys. So I think they got to get some offensive talent under some rookie contracts. So, I could see them, I'm going to say over, but it'd probably be five. I could see them in a realistic possibility doing five offensive players, um, maybe one defensive guy and a kicker, or they, you know, they may not uh, subscribe to our way of thinking and try to get a kicker undrafted. So it could be five yeah. and two in that scenario. Yeah. So give me like the Cowboys have seven picks. Give me your seven positions that you'd like to see the Cowboys select in the draft in an ideal mm. world. Ideally, and this is in no particular order, I yeah. would like to see a guard, a wide receiver, cornerback, a linebacker. Um, I'd like to see a D tackle. Um, did I say linebacker already? Yeah, you said linebacker. Okay, linebacker. So then I would say a kicker, and then I I'm losing my track. But did I say corner? Yeah, you didn't. You haven't. You. Ha you said corner. You haven't mentioned tight end or running back yet. Okay. Yeah. So then I would say tight end. That's be yeah. the seven. I mean, and and you could play around with that, but I would say the main ones that I want to hit truly is guard, run. Um, should be guard, cornerback, and wide receiver. And I know two of those aren't necessary necessarily a need, but you're better when you're deeper in those positions. I agree, and I do. Cornerbacks to me is a need. I don't think, I don't think I would be too devastated if we didn't select one in the first three rounds but i my list is similar to yours mine would be it would be receiver guard linebacker cornerback so that's four kicker i already mentioned and then i think i'd go running back and quarterback okay i yeah like a six round quarterback and then a running back to hopefully take the mantle off Tony Pollard. You like you said, once you get past like the fourth round, it's almost like a crapshoot, right? Exactly. So it's like who knows? It could be another big body D tackle like Bohanna, or it could be another linebacker like Devin Harper, 
or your Damone Clark. It's like you just that's one thing that I hadn't we hadn't talked about is they're gonna take a a medically risky guy at some point, right? Like I feel <laughs> like it's their MO. They're gonna take a guy late. They're gonna their doctor will be the one who did the surgery and they'll know inside knowledge about the guy <laughs> literally and um and they'll end up taking a pick that we're just not thinking about. It's it's and so, it's, it's, it's so probably gonna be a linebacker too. Yeah, probably. I mean, they need a linebacker, but they need a linebacker this year. So yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't know. It's I and I did that. Like I said, I mentioned the the Brandon Laurie mock draft. I did. I went in there trying to find a linebacker and I couldn't get one. Like I, I wasn't trying to push needs. Just the way the board fell this time, it became harder and harder to get an impact linebacker to the point where I'm like, eh, I'll just get one undrafted if this is how it unfolds. So it's so it's more of. You don't see there's not many late round late round linebackers that you're sold on this year. Well, so I mean, or for what the, for what the yeah, yeah for what the Cowboys need, like they have that already. They already have Devin Harper. They have Damone yeah. Clark. They have Jabril Cox. Like we have young developmental guys. Like if it's not somebody that's a top 100 pick that can come in and make like a like almost like an immediate or you know, at least close to that impact, it. it what else do you need it for? I mean, is is he looking to fill the Luke Gifford role? I mean, we have that. We have guys that hopefully can. Well, we don't in. have Luke Gifford anymore. We don't have Luke Gifford, but we, you know, we have you know yeah. Luke Gifford at home, which is you know Devin Harper. <laughs> so you know, I mean, for me, it's it's I, that's the thing. Like, I always lean with the best player available. I'm not going to reach. I'm not going to overextend. I'm I'm going to let the board fall to me. And just in this one scenario, it just didn't fall that way. What's your temperature check on Jabril Cox? How do we? F- Still feel like he can be a starting linebacker. I think I'm I'm really perplexed on last year. Like I I just yeah. don't understand. I mean, I wanted to believe it was because the clock was just head and shoulders better, but I wonder if it was some regression for Jabril Cox coming off the knee and coming off the things he's dealing with. I'm still on the high side. I think he can carve out a role here, but this is going to be a pivotal training camp and a pivotal season for him. I agree. I I was real. I think. One disappointing aspect of last season was Jabril Cox and a defense that really didn't have, to me, a lot of defense, uh, a lot of disappointments. He was the one where I, he was inactive for some games, right? A healthy scratch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it was stuff like that where we've seen him make plays before where it's like, okay, if we can get that on a consistent basis, he's the starter in this league. But yeah, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for him because if he struggles again, you can't. Like last year, we we could theoretically write off as like a okay, he's coming back from injuries, a injury that eliminated entirely. Like it wasn't, it was a serious injury that he was dealing with. And so right. last year, yeah, last year I'll, I'm willing to write off as a recovery year, but 2023 is gonna be big for Cox. Huge, and you know one of those things. Um, you know, it's we'll see how it breaks down, and we'll shake that. But uh, before we get out of here, we want to touch on one final topic. I know it's been talked about a little bit. But we want to give our two cents on it. Uh, C.D. Lamb about three days ago, um, and the Cowboys they picked up the fifth year option on him, so he's signed in through contract through 2024. I believe the plan is for him and Diggs themselves is to both get contracts done here, so they're here long term. But for right now, C.D. Lamb's Option in 2024 gets picked up, which is $17.99 million, which is just short of $18 million. Feels like a bargain. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. he'll play on that because he's going to end up getting signed to a long-term deal. But C.D. Lamb, two Pro Bowls is what made that number what it is. Um, your initial thoughts on C.D. Lamb picking in the obvious decision to pick up the fifth-year option. 
I mean, yeah, I'm glad we got a steal for a year, but we need to get the CD Lamb contract done as soon as possible. I'm not as worried about the Diggs contract because what we what we know is that there is a Justin Jefferson contract that's about to be released, uh, presumably, assuming the Vikings are working on that, which I expect they are. A Jamar Chase contract is, I mean, I don't, Jamar Chase is a year, he was drafted a year after or a year after CD. So I don't think we're going to like, that's not as imminent, but we have some big wide receiver contracts coming up. And I'm really worried that if the Cowboys offer CD after Justin Jefferson, they're going to have to match it or beat it potentially, because I mean, that's just the way contracts work. And so, man, I don't want us to be paying. Like, I don't want us to have to outdo a Justin Jefferson contract. Yeah, I would love to see them be uh, proactive instead of reactive. They haven't yep. been so in the in the recent history. Um, there's been some few contracts they've gotten burned on or you know lost, uh, and that's uncanny of Jerry Jones and them. They're usually the guys that like to get out in front of things and try to kind of win the win the deal, but they just haven't been doing that. They need to find a way to, especially at those two positions, cornerback, wide receiver, and like you mentioned, there are some superstars coming up in the wide receiver ranks that could really balloon this number. And um, yeah. You know, so yeah, I I think it's an obvious decision. CD Lamb earned it. He is a bona fide wide receiver. One Cowboys are building around him. The future is bright for him. Um, you know, and again, if if he can have the type of year that he built off of in 2022 in 2023, the Cowboys need to get him under contract because the prices are going up. And yesterday's price is probably not today's price with him. So, uh, you know, CD Lamb. Big deal there, big signing, um, and that we just had to throw a little bit of that in there. I know we've been fully draft talk, um, but you know, CD Lamb, one of the best Cowboys draft steals, if you want to call it, in recent memory. Yeah, and a good example of, I mean, he was what 17, 18? I should know that. 17. What pick was he? Seventeen. Yep. So, I mean, good example that you can still get stud players outside of the top fifteen, which is where the Cowboys are at this year. We're yeah, gonna need to get a stud player at twenty six. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you see anybody with a CD Lamb type fall that might fall that either the Cowboys or anybody? You're like, wow, we didn't expect him to be there. This guy, this kid's gonna be a home run. Yeah, it would be, I mean, once again, it would be one of the receivers. I could see. I don't. JSN's Justin Jefferson. Not, I mean, Justin not Johnson. JSN. And, excuse me, Quint, Quentin Johnson. Is that your guy? Yeah. That's that would be the name that I say. But then again, I don't think I'd be shocked if he fell to the Cowboys. Given like recent news, I think it'd be maybe like a Jordan Addison falling to the Cowboys. Mm. Like, I don't know if, if I'd be in on Jordan Addison, but that'd be a name that's like, I mean, he's a smaller guy, so I don't I don't really think he fits what the Cowboys need, but that would be a name that is comparable to CD. Fair enough. I think that's good here. So um, any final thoughts before we kind of wrap up here? Anything that uh, we didn't get to touch on that you would like to? Mind you, this is the last episode before it's, you know, review instead of preview. So anything else? Yeah, let's give our picks. Let's give our first round pick prediction. Mm, okay. Our final first round pick prediction. You go ahead first. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Uh, Osiris Torrance, Steve Avias, who the two I'm considering. I don't think. Mm. I don't think Quentin. I in the at the end of the day, I don't think Quentin Johnson falls. I don't think Zay Flowers falls, and so I think they're gonna have to pick Steve Avia or Osiris Torrance, and let's go with Steve Avia. Okay. And I'm saying this because this is what I think they're going to do, not what I would do. I'm going to read the tea leaves. I think it might be Michael Mayer. I think it will be. I I don't love it. I don't love it, you know. But, you know, I think that they'll go Michael Mayer. I think that um, he'll help. 
And as soon as he's a cowboy, I'm going to be a fan of his. And it's nothing personal. It is it is what it is. But I think he'll help. Do I want it? Not necessarily. But I didn't want Tyler Smith last year, and I was wrong then. So we'll see. Um, Go ahead. What? Yeah, I was going to ask you, is 82 a number that people just out of respect don't wear anymore on the Cowboys? I haven't seen a tight end wear 82 since when. That Wouldn't that be so Jerry to put him in it, though? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but that would be like... <laughs> Yeah, like he's the next wit and like, yeah, like they do with 88 with Dez. And by, yeah. by this time now, you know, it's going to be a point in time where these rookies aren't going to be able to pick their numbers, right? Jerry's just yeah. going to hand everybody out the number. <laughs> there you go. You're going to be the next wit and the next Dez. And yeah, just like with CD, I'm sure like Michael Mayer, what did he wear in college? He was 81 if I'm, if I'm 87. 80, I mean, he's not. Be, yeah. Everybody wants to be Gronk though. So let's see. Yeah. And plus we already have an 87. True. Yeah, he was 87. He was number 87. Okay, so. so yeah, I'm sure if Jerry came up to him and said, you're wearing, just like CD, it's like, dude, I don't even want to wear this number. Do you remember what like number C- CD wanted to be? Well, I know was it 82? No, it was 10. He wanted to be 10. Really? Yep, he was all set on 10 until they like, gave him 88. So, Man. he would have looked cool in 10, though. He would have looked cool in, I mean, I'd I'd love 88, but yeah, I, it was a very weird to preordain CD as the next Des. Yeah, that's that's what the Cowboys do. So, yeah. you know, hopefully there will be some preordained Dezes and Jason Wittens and we can <laughs> dissect it next week. Um, So I appreciate you guys, everybody listening and through the offseason and, you know, now it's draft time and moving forward is going to be a lot more content. So please stay tuned in the first and 10 podcast, like, write, review, re- subscribe, all that really helps us. So. From Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, First and Ten Podcast, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Catch you guys next week. Peace.